Welcome to Highlands Church Audio Sermons. Today, February 11th, 2024, we continue our series titled Knowing Jesus, the Gospel of Luke. Today's sermon, Be Ready, will be taught to us by Pastor Kevin Yule out of Luke chapter 12, verses 35 through 48. Enjoy. Do you guys remember the first time you were ever left home alone? No babysitter, no parents, like your mom and dad sat you down and said, hey, we're leaving, you're all by yourself. Anybody remember that time? Let me tell you about my first time. I'm eating dinner, my dad comes in and goes, hey, me and your mom are going out, your brother's at his friend's house, Uh, you're gonna have the house all to yourself. Tried to contain my excitement. Okay, I'll be okay. We're gonna be gone for about four hours, we'll be back around nine, 9.30ish. Just stay safe, we trust you. But Kevin, I have one thing you need to do while we're gone. You need to clean your room. Okay, yeah, yeah, I got it. No, Kevin, clean your room. All right, Dad, I got it, no big deal. Then I heard that glorious sound of the garage door closing. And they were gone. Ran down to our room, we had our Nintendo set up, and I put in The Legend of Zelda, and me and Link were gonna kill some wizards and crush some levels, and I just started playing. Glorious June afternoon, the sun is shining, and I'm just in my own world, just living my best day. Till all of a sudden, I hear the most horrific sound I've ever heard in my life. And I look, and that glorious sun that was out not but 10 minutes ago is now pitch black. I look at the clock on my dad's little desk there, 9.27, and the garage door's going up, and I have not touched my room. I turned it off, I flew across the hall, and I look, and it's like my closet just vomited all over my room. Like, oh my gosh. So I just start shoving stuff everywhere. I mean, under the bed, I'm locking stuff in the closet and like trying to pin that thing closed. I'm trying to lay all my clothes out on my bed so I can put the comforter over it and have it look like it's all smooth. And by God's sovereign grace, my parents had some leftovers from their time out, so they took them a couple of extra minutes to put it away in the fridge, and so I'm scrambling, kicking soccer balls and water bottles, I mean, everything. And I hear my dad walking down the hall, and I look, and there's one sock left in the middle of the floor, and so I run, I grab it, and do like a barrel roll onto my bed. As soon as he opens the door, hey, Kevin, how you doing? (laughs) I'm good, how are you? How's dinner? falling down in the closet. There's still stuff all over the floor. And he just looks at me and goes, are you kidding me? I thought, ah, I blew it. It's one thing to be asked to do something and not do it before your dad gets home. And to try and scramble last minute at that moment they arrive and try and do what you were asked to do. It's a whole nother thing to be called by your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and being told, here's what I'm asking of you. And I'm coming back. And I'm coming back at a moment, at a time that you don't know. In fact, as other scripture would allude to, it's gonna be like a thief in the night. It's gonna come at an hour that you don't expect. And what I'm asking of you is that you would be ready. That you would be ready. And so as we lean into this passage today, that's really the first question, maybe the most important question to ask is this, are you ready? Are you ready to see Jesus? If he were to come back before this day is over, Are you ready to see him? And sometimes as those that have put our faith in Jesus Christ, it's easy for us to real quickly go, absolutely, I'm ready. I can't wait for that day. We're gonna read some words today that maybe would cause us to pause a little bit. Because though we may be ready to see Jesus because we know what awaits us on into eternity, 
The other question is, are you ready because you've done what he's asked of you in the here and now? And what sort of reception will you receive when he returns? So that's where we're going to go today. And I'm going to pray for myself right now as I pray for all of you. And same prayer I've been praying. God, would you begin to continue to reveal things to me through the power of your Holy Spirit that you're asking of me? Because we all want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant when he comes back. But that message we receive is completely contingent upon what we do with what he's asking of us here and now. So let me pray for us, and then we'll dive into Luke chapter 12. Let me pray. God, thank you. God, thank you for your patience and your grace with me. God, thank you for uh, all those moments that you have uh, forgiven me for the times when I did not move. And yet, God, now I stand up here and I, I pray the same prayer I was praying sitting down. God, that you would reveal those things in me that you are asking of me. And God, that I would not fail to move, but that I would be dressed for action. God, I would be ready to do what you ask of me when you ask it of me. Because I just want to be obedient to you. God, I pray the same for every brother and sister in this room, that your Holy Spirit would be at work. God, that you would impress on our hearts what it is you would ask of us. And God, with confidence and anxious anticipation, we would long for the day when you return because we're living life, serving you now, and we're going to get to do that for eternity. So God, meet us in this place, do what you do, and we will thank you in advance for however you choose to move, not only in our lives, but through our lives. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Luke, Luke chapter 12. We're going to pick it up in verse 35. If you remember last week, Jesus has been interacting with a big crowd, and then he kind of narrows it down in verse 22 that Thomas hit last week, talking to his disciples. And so the message continues to his disciples. Though there is a crowd around hearing him talk, I believe his message is specifically to his disciples. Peter's going to ask that question. Jesus is going to affirm it, but that's where we pick it up here. He looks at his disciples and he says this. In verse 35, stay dressed for action. Stay dressed for action. How do you answer that question? Are you ready to see Jesus? The first thing you gotta wrestle with is, am I ready for action? Am I ready for whatever he calls me to do? This is the, the literal meaning was that they would actually tie their robes into their belts so they can move. They were ready to move. It's like when someone asks you to help them do something and sometimes if you got long sleeves on, the first thing you do is you roll up your sleeves and go, all right, what do we gotta do? I'm ready. Are you dressed for action? Or are you sitting on the couch, lost in the world and not paying much attention? Or are we ready, standing ready to move in any way that God would have us do? He say, stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning. What are we to be like? Verse 36, be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door at him at once when he comes and he knocks. Blessed are those servants whom their master finds awake when he comes. Stop right there. Here's the scene. Servants are all at home. Their master is off at a wedding feast, and he's going to stay until the wine runs out, and so he's there until late in the night. Blessed are those servants that even late into the night, 2, 3, 4 a.m., you are standing, dressed for action, waiting for your master to come home so that when he knocks, you're there to open it. Master, we've been expecting you. Man, it's been a late night. I can't believe you guys are still up. Oh, but master, it's you. We are always ready to serve you. We are dressed for action. Blessed are those servants that are ready for the coming of the master. Truly, truly, I say to you, he, who's the he? 
important to get these pronouns right here. He, he is the master. Truly I say to you, he, the master, will dress himself for service. And he will have them. Who's the them? It's the servants, those that he found ready to recline at the table. And he, the master, will come and serve them. There's an allusion here to the fact that those, when Jesus comes back, when his return comes, and those that he finds faithfully serving you, serving him, dressed for action, ready to move, man, well done, good and faithful servants. You guys, come sit down. I'm going to get dressed, and I'm going to serve you today. What a glorious moment. What an absolute paradigm shift for anyone hearing this at that time. Wait, wait, wait. Masters don't serve servants. Masters are going to serve those servants that they deem worthy of service. Verse 38. If he comes in the second watch or the third watch and he finds them awake, blessed are those servants. There's a blessing for those that are standing ready. But know this. That if the master of the house had known what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. This idea of thief has a negative connotation in our minds often, but, but all throughout Scripture, the thief is going to be referred to as the coming of Jesus. He's going to come like a thief in the night, Jesus would say. Peter would pick up on that. It's, it's like a thief in the night at an hour you don't expect it. If you're sitting on your porch with your shotgun, at 2 a.m. tonight, no thief's going to come by and go, hey, there's the one we should go for. No, they wait till you're asleep. They wait till you're gone. They wait till they realize no one's home. Now let's break in. Same idea here. Jesus is coming at an hour when you least expect it. An hour you least expect it. And when he comes, at any moment, will we be found ready, dressed for action, ready to move in any way that he calls us to. So what does that look like? Well, again, here's, here's what we got to wrestle with as, as sons and daughters of God. If you know Jesus, you know where you're going. But are you ready? What are those things he's asked of you in the here and now? Is there anything that he's pressing on your heart saying, this is what I would have for you, and are we willing to do it? I'll give you just three examples, at least from my life. Is there, any, is there any relationship that you have where you know there's tension, you know there's friction, you know things aren't good, maybe with a brother or sister in Christ, and God's telling you, humble yourself, take the first step, extend grace, and in your flesh you're going, never. They, if they say they're sorry, then I'll, then I'll accept. But until then, they know where I stand. I'm standing my ground. And God continues to press on your heart. No, humble yourself. Extend grace. Take that step. If Jesus were to come back now, and that's heavy on my heart, guys, to be honest with you, I'm not ready. I know where I'm going, but God's asked something of me, and I have not moved into it. Are you ready? 1 John 2, 28 would say, live your life in such a way that with confidence you may approach the throne, but there will be some who will actually shrink back in shame at his coming. Why? Why shame? because he's going to come back in an hour and you don't expect it. And just like me playing my video game on the chair, you're going to go, oh no, I did not do what he asked of me. Now let me be very clear on this before we even get into the other two examples. I did not clean my room. At no point from when I heard that garage door go up until I was a panting mess laying on my bed did I ever think, 
I'm no longer going to be accepted in my home. I'm going to lose my sonship as a Yule. Dad's going to cast me out, and I'm forever out of this family. Never for a second was that in my mind. I knew unequivocally my dad loved me. My mom was for me. I always had a place. But how easy it was going to be for me to sit down in those next couple of days was absolutely in jeopardy. Because a father disciplines the one that he loves. And my dad loved me a lot, many a day. (laughs) But he loved me enough to discipline me. Because, Kevin, I'm asking this of you. This is what I expect of you. I'll get back to that story in just a second. So don't at all think, as you ask that question, okay, God's asked me to do something. If I don't do it, does that mean I'm not a part of God's family? No, if you know Jesus, you're a part of God's family. But I also know this, God's asking things of his family. Maybe it's a relational thing. Maybe, again, for me, it's, it's men that God has put in my life that for whatever reason, God has put them in my world and on my heart and in my mind to share Jesus with. To put name of Jesus to my faith and to help them come to know and understand the gospel of Jesus Christ. And every time I'm with these guys, I find myself going, okay, today's the day. Oh, wait, no. I, eh. And I cower. I'm afraid. What if they reject me? What if they're like, ah, here comes that Jesus guy again. And I got to be with these guys all the time. What's that going to be like? And I feed myself these lies in my head and then I don't move. And I leave the interaction with them and God's still pressing on my heart saying, Kevin, these are the men I put in your world. In your world so that you could preach Jesus to them. Not just through action, but through word. If you were to come back, am I ready? It's on my heart. Maybe there's stuff in your life. Maybe it's a pattern of sin. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe it's something that you know in your heart of hearts, deep down, this is not good. This is not good. God would have better of me. For reasons we can't always understand, we continue to hold on to it, forget, failing to just surrender it and let it go, but we continue to hold on to it, keep it close. And if God were to come back right now, you'd know in your heart of hearts you would go, oh no, I know you wanted me to deal with that. And I didn't. Are you ready? As a son or daughter of God, are you ready to see Jesus if he were to come back this afternoon? Is there anything in your life? It's why Thomas gets up here. It's why I've been up here a couple of times. Psalm 139, that prayer. God, search me and know me. Would you, would you reveal anything in me that's not of you? Why? So that I can deal with it so that I can address it. Are you ready? What's God asking of you? Verse 40, you also, staying dressed for action, you must be ready. Why? For the Son of Man, he is coming. That's a promise. But he's coming at an hour you do not expect. Now Peter, hearing these hard words, is going, are you talking to us or to everybody here? So he asked that question in verse 41. Peter said to him, Lord, are you telling this parable for us as the disciples or for everyone? I think Jesus makes it clear by saying, no, this is for you disciples, but also in the hearing of everyone. Verse 42. And the Lord said to him, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom his master will set over his household to give them their portion of food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. Here's our first opportunity. Blessed is that servant that when Jesus shows up at an hour he least expects it, finds him caring for those that Jesus has entrusted to their charge. This is absolutely to the leaders of the church. 
to the disciples first, but even now and today to us as pastors, to the elders, to the leaders of all church, that you would lead the flock that God has entrusted to you well. But before you go, oh, perfect. I can just get my food order in for the Super Bowl now. This is all about pastors for the rest of the way. No, this is still about you. If you're a father in this room, God has entrusted your family, your kids to your charge. This is for you. You go to work and you're around coworkers that know Jesus or don't know Jesus and for some reason they look to you. That is your ministry. That is your flock. This is what God is asking of you. We've all got a ministry. We've all got a ministry that God has put in our world for reasons that he wants to use us to bring him glory. And so as we read this, the question has got to be, are we the wise, faithful manager that God has entrusted and we are dressed for action, serving them as he has called us to? That's option one. The one who, if so doing, what does it say? The master who finds him doing when he comes, truly I say to you, he will set him over all his possessions. You heard, you heard uh, Thomas talk about rewards last week. You can read Matthew 6. Jesus always speaks of, Paul speaks of, John speaks of this idea of the day coming when we will be rewarded for how we live life here and now. What are those rewards? I don't know. I just know God promises to reward those who are found Faithful. Here it talks about he's going to put him over all his possessions. Maybe when he makes this whole thing new, new heaven and new earth, and he goes, Kevin, you were faithful for about this much. Here's, here's one acre of land. You're in charge of it. Thomas, you are super faithful. Here's an entire nation. You're in charge of that. I don't know. I don't know what these rewards are. I just know we're promised rewards, those that are faithful. We're going to be put over possessions of the Lord. Verse 45, but if that servant, again, same servant with a choice, that church servant says to himself, eh, my master is delayed in coming. And that servant begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come again on a day when he does not expect him, at an hour he does not know. And he will cut him in pieces and put him with the unfaithful. Again, not many Hobby Lobby signs with that on it that you're going to put up in your home. <laughs> and yet here's the reality. Jesus is coming back at an hour we don't know. He's asking things of us as his sons and as his daughters. What's he going to find when he returns? Some will be faithful. You'll be put in possession. You'll be, you'll be put in charge over all of his possessions. You'll be greatly rewarded. There are going to be others that you're going to have to do wrestle with this passage cut in pieces, placed with the unfaithful. Commentators all over the map, some would say, this is talking about you, there are actually people that, that claim to be Christians, but we're not, and you're actually gonna be cut off and sent with the unfaithful, weeping and gnashing of teeth, separated from God for all eternity, maybe. Others would say, no, they're, they're, they're not just, they're not unfaithful. Their salvation is secure, but they're going to miss out on great blessing and all sorts of great things that are going to come in the kingdom. They're actually going to sit outside of where Jesus is going to go in a couple weeks, the messianic feast, and you're going to be sit out watching, and you're going to be longing to be in, and you're going to realize for that moment, for that period of time, what you gave up for yourself. Either way, however you want to interpret it, all I know is this, it's not good. It's not something we should aspire to. And if you have ever found yourself going, you know, this guy talks a lot about holiness and this and that. I believe in Jesus, so I'm good. I can live for myself. Just know this. This warning is for you. 
This warning is for you. Nowhere in Scripture are we called to live a life for ourselves. Nowhere in Scripture did God look at his sons and his daughters and say, as long as you're in, that's all that matters. All throughout, God seems to be calling us to a life of holiness, to the pursuit of him, not out of obligation, but out of obedience, of reverence, out of awe and wonder of who we get to serve. So take a hard look at your life. Is there any part of you that could be accused of beating the male and female servants, eating, drinking, getting drunk, not just actually getting drunk, but consuming everything for yourself, of treating others inside the family of God in an inappropriate way. Maybe it's not physical beating. We don't have much of that anymore, but man, you talk about gossip. You talk about slander. You talk about stirring up dissension, picking sides, pitting people against each other. All of that reeks of beating the male and female servants inside the family of God. Take a hard look. Let that never be said of any of us in here. And if so, own it today. Lean into it and go, God, it's gonna be different. First one, cut pieces, put with the unfaithful. Verse 47, and that servant who knew his master's will but did not get ready or act according to his will, what's gonna happen to him? He's gonna receive a severe beating. A severe beating. This is the one that knows what to do. Kevin, clean your room. Ah, dad'll forgive me. Yeah, he'll forgive you, but it's going to come with severe beating. Again, for me, it was punishment. Father disciplined me. Wooden spoons. Broke a lot of them in my day. So my father would discipline me when I didn't do what he asked of me. But let me tell you this about my dad before you judge him too harshly. Every time, after every one of those disciplined moments, with big tears in my eyes, he would sit me on his lap and he would look me in the eye and go, Kevin, I love you so much. And this hurts me so bad to have to have done what I just did. But I don't do it because I'm angry. I don't do it because I don't love you. I do it because I want great things for you and I know there are great things in there. And with love in his eye, he would wipe those tears from my eye, he would give me a huge hug and he wouldn't leave that room until I had a chance to dialogue with him and he knew we were good and I knew we were good. Sometimes it was a severe beating. Sometimes it was a light beating. I think that's what I read here as I look at this. God is for you, and God loves you. But God's also going to hold us accountable. 2 Corinthians 5.10, right? We will all kneel before the throne of God, and we will give an account for our life, both the righteous things we have done and the wicked things that we have done. And there's going to come a moment where we're going to be held accountable. What it looks like, I don't know. I can't tell you what rewards are, I can't tell you what, again, in the, the actual text is suffering many blows from God will be like. Doesn't sound good. Don't aspire to it. But know that it's coming. But again, your place in the kingdom of God, not at stake. I don't believe. What you believe about Jesus, that guarantees entrance into eternity. How we live for Jesus now, that's going to dictate how we are received when he comes. So first question, are you ready to see Jesus? Second question, what sort of reception will you receive when he returns? If he were to come back right now, are there things in your life that you know you need to own? And if he were to come back, maybe you suffer some sort of punishment from the Lord, not because he doesn't love you, 
because we're going to be held accountable. How about this last one? Verse 48. But the one who did not know, this is just the servant who's totally ignorant. The one who did not know and did what deserved a beating, he will receive a light beating. So for some of us, maybe we're just ignorant. God, I just had no idea. Yeah, but I was still pressing in on your heart. I was still asking. I was still calling you. Though you may not have had the exact verbiage, you still knew. The Spirit still led, and you chose not to move. Different sort of beating. Then the last one, last statement is this. Everyone to whom much was given, of him much, much will be required. And from him to whom they have entrusted much, they will demand much more. First question, are you ready to see Jesus? Second question, what sort of reception will you receive when he comes? Third question is, what has God entrusted to you? What has he entrusted to you? Because what he's entrusted to you is what he's going to require of you. He's going to require it of you. What does that mean? That means for some of us, we've been entrusted a lot. Maybe we've grown up with the Lord. The Holy Spirit is living and active in our life for a great number of years, and many people have poured into you over the years. Not only in what you know to be true of the Lord, but just in the way in which he he has brought you up, and you are a stalwart of the faith. You know what God's asking of you? What are you doing with everything that he's heaped upon you in your walk with the Lord? He's given you much. Now he's asking much of you. Maybe it's time for some to get off the fence and stop going, I just need to learn more, I need to learn more, I need to learn more. No, what you need to do is keep learning, but now you need to start investing in others. To take what God has given you and to steward it well, not just the stuff you have, but actually what God's entrusted to you for his kingdom. We, we talk about it here all the time, to live on mission, to look at wherever you're going to go. We're going to go today. Some of you guys are going to have a bunch of people in your house to watch a football game and to eat food and to do all of that. Great. There they are. There's your ministry. There's what God has entrusted to you today. You go into that with any sort of thought of, all right, God, what do you want to use me to do? How do you want me to bring you glory in the midst of this? I'm not saying get up and preach a sermon during the game. Don't be that guy. You won't be, no one's coming next year if you're that guy. (laughs) But if the opportunity comes for a spiritual conversation to take place, are you dressed for action? Are you ready to go? Because God's entrusted his gospel to you. And for reasons that you might not even fully understand, he's placed an individual in front of you at the most strange time in the midst of a Super Bowl game for you to put Jesus on display in the way in which you love and relate to him and, and to give an opportunity to brag on Jesus. Are you ready? If you know Jesus Christ in this room, God has entrusted you with his gospel to advance his kingdom. What are we doing with what he's he's given us? Again, fathers in the room, God has entrusted your children to you to raise them up in the Lord. Not to exasperate them, you can read that passage in Ephesians, but certainly to raise them up in the Lord. Are we putting Jesus Christ on display and how are we stewarding what God has entrusted to us? Moms as well, but I'm, just, I'm, a, I'm a dad, so I'm talking to the dudes, okay? What's, what, is God, what is God entrusted to you, and what are we doing with it? Because as much has been given, much will be required. Much will be required. So again, this is just opportunity. I got, I got nothing more other than to say we're going to let the Holy Spirit lean into this and to press on those, those moments of conviction. Those things that, if you're honest with these questions, at some point, something gets sparked, and you go, all right, God, I know, I know. I need to lean in and do that. 
So two ways to go with this. One, for all of you that are believers in this room, again, you know Jesus Christ. Are you ready when he comes back? Your eternity is secure because of Jesus. But don't get so lost in eternity that you don't realize that he's still got you here, here and now for a reason. Hasn't called you home yet. Hasn't come back for us because he's asking us to move and to represent him. Represent him well. Stay dressed for action. Be ready for anything he throws your way because you as a good servant are going, God, here I am. How do you want to use me? So that when he comes back, we wouldn't shrink back in shame at his coming. Oh, shoot, he's here, it's today? Dang it. But we would go, I've been waiting. I've been waiting. So excited to see you. Well done, good and faithful servant. Come and enter your rest. I've entrusted you to much here. Look at what I'm about to put you in charge of on into eternity because you are worthy. Now, if you don't know Jesus in here, this whole church thing, this is your time served to get invited to a Super Bowl party or go to the open, we're glad you're here. Let me tell you why God wants you here because if he were to come back before this day's over, you're not ready. You're not ready. If he were to come back before today's over, you would go to hell for all eternity separated from God in the worst place you can't even imagine. But you're here today because God wants you to be ready. So here's what it means to be ready to see Jesus. That you, like so many in this room, would acknowledge, God, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm, I'm a mess. I think dumb things. I say dumb things. I do stupid things. The Bible calls it sin. You can call it whatever you want, but you're not perfect. Jesus Christ was. And at the end of his perfect life, he died on the cross, taking on all of my sins and every one of yours. And then three days later, he beat death and came back from the grave and is now seated at the right hand of God so that I could put my faith in a living Savior, Jesus Christ. And I could go, God, I'm a mess, but I'm holding on to your son with everything that I've got. And the moment I put my faith in Jesus Christ, I'm adopted into God's family, forever one of his kids. If he were to come back today and you've never done business with God, never acknowledged your sinfulness and put your faith in Jesus Christ, today's your day. Today's your day. Don't wait. Don't get lost and I got things to do. He's coming at an hour you least expect it. Don't let this moment go by without you doing business with the Lord. We'll have a team of people up front would love to speak with you. There's a team in the back that would love to talk to you. There are brothers and sisters in Christ sitting next to you right now that would love to talk to you. Because guess what? They're dressed for action and they're ready for that dialogue should you bring it. They're not going to have all the answers. None of us do. But you know what they're going to do? They're going to look you in the eye and go, let me tell you how much Jesus Christ loves you. Because he does. That's why he came. So that you wouldn't have to spend eternity separated from God. Don't leave today without asking that question. Are you ready? Are you ready to see Jesus? For the rest of us, what would I ask? What am I trying to do? I put those questions down because those are the questions I'm trying to ask of myself multiple times throughout the day. Wake up in the morning and just say, all right, God, is there anything I need to deal with? For me, it's relational stuff. A lot of relational stuff right now. God, are you asking me to lean into that? What does that look like? What do I need to do? Not what do I want from them, what do I need to do? And then I'm going to do it. It's far be it for me to know what God's pressing on my heart to do and then go, eh, later. No, I'm ready. Because I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. You did even when it was hard, and you did hard things. 
coming into your rest. So maybe that's the thing for you. Just this week, ask those questions of yourself. God, would you search me? Would you know me? Is there anything you're asking me to do? Would you give me the courage, the conviction? Would you, could you make this your prayer? It's a terrifying thing, so don't just say yes. To ask God, God, do not relent for one moment from your Holy Spirit pressing in and convicting my heart until I move. Don't ever relent. Let me feel the full weight of that conviction until I move and do what you've called me to do. Man, you make that your prayer? We're gonna sing a song about being a church waiting for Jesus to come. We got a church praying that prayer every day. Man, we are ready. We are dressed for action. Ready for anything he puts on our path. Pray Pray these questions over yourself. Ask God, reveal God anything, anything I need to do. I'm gonna pray for all of us and then we're gonna close out our time in a time of worship here. Let me pray. God, we sing songs of great hope, uh, waiting for eternity, and God, we are so ready to be with you forever and ever and ever. God, as your word states over and over again, you are not slow in keeping your promise, but God, you are patient, not longing for anyone to perish. So God, for reasons I don't always understand, you're, you're still waiting. And while I wait for you, God, would you use me to bring glory to you, serve your kingdom and your church in any way that you need me to. God, would you keep me dressed for action? And on those days when I'm tired and I want to get lazy and selfish, God, would you remind me, would you convict me? God, would you always have me be ready, knowing you're coming back at any moment? God, I pray the same for my brothers and sisters here. God, I pray that you would keep all of us ready. God, that we would be a church waiting for you because our eyes are fixed on your son, Jesus Christ, that we are moved by what he means to us and the opportunity we have to serve you. God, I finally last, just I, I pray for anybody in here who has not done business with you. God, do not let them leave this place without wrestling with any and all of these questions. God, give them just the perfect individual, a brother, sister in Christ to come alongside them to help them understand the hope that we have in you. God, alter eternities today because your spirit is at work. God, we surrender everything to you. We ask you to, be, to lead us, to guide us, to be everything that we need. And we thank you that you are. God, we love you. Pray now as we worship you through song one last time that this would just be a declaration of our heart. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, we don't... We don't ask for Jesus to come because he's waiting for us to ask. He's coming. The question is whether we'll be ready or not. Man, live life, dress for action, ready to meet whatever God puts in your path with the hope of Jesus Christ. And an opportunity will present itself to put word to that hope and to proclaim the name of Jesus to anyone he puts in your path. Man, we want to be a church that, that, act, that is living that out, that we are a church ready for the coming of Jesus because we are stand dressed for action, Hopefully that's where you're at as a son or daughter of God today. We can stand with confidence knowing where we're going, but knowing that God's still got business to do through us here and now. That starts in this place, guys. We're going to go out into a world that is hurting, that is hard. Sometimes it hurts us. We need days like this where we gather with brothers and sisters in Christ. We worship with each other, and we remember we're not in this alone. We can lean on each other, and that's what being a part of this family is. And so you're going to hear me say every time, service is not over till you love somebody. It's because that's what we want to see. We want to know 
that come Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday this week, we know we're not alone. And we got brothers and sisters in Christ in this place. So be a family together. Love one another. You need a talking point? How bad is Taylor Swift for football? Talk about that today on your way out and just see what comes up. Have a great rest of your week. We'll see you guys all next weekend.